peace of God will keep your heart. That word keep means to guard. The peace of God will guard your heart against the enemy and against worry and against anxiety. But he will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So what can we be anxious for? Can we be anxious about our children? No. Okay, you guys have to be awake now. Everybody say no. Should we be anxious for our finances? No. Should we be anxious for anything? No, because it says be anxious for nothing. And, you know, sometimes I can feel like if I'm not worried about something that's going wrong, I'm really not doing a good job and I'm not being very responsible. But when you, Christy and I were talking about this yesterday, and she brought up a good point. It was so good. She said, you know, sometimes I'll lay in bed and I'll just start thinking about work or I'll start thinking about this and start thinking about that and I'll start to get overwhelmed and I can't go to sleep. She said, until I decide, God, I can't do anything about this anyway, so you take it you handle it, and whatever you can do with it, do that. And then she goes to sleep. So it's not irresponsible not to worry and not to fret over things. It's just giving it to the Lord, knowing that he's bigger than you, he's got all the resources you need, he can do something about it. So then we do not have to be anxious, and we don't have to fret. Amen? Okay. God bless you guys. All right. Thanks, Trish. Let's give her a hand for that. And glad to know everybody's okay from the little mini accident, so that's a, that's a good thing. We'll let you guys know when we're leaving. Y'all can all leave first, okay? Well, that, <laughs> give everybody a heads up today. You got your Bibles this morning? All right, let me see them. All right, repeat this after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today? I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. I really do want to encourage you tonight to come to the class. Uh, thank you, Sue. Um, to come to the class tonight because Trisha has been teaching on the integrity of God's Word and the reality of when we hold our Bibles up, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I believe that this word is true. I'm staking everything in my life on the fact that what you have written here is real. And so we don't just say that in our church. We absolutely mean that in our church. And we have to learn to believe what, what's in this Bible. Now, some of you say, well, I don't know how much faith I have. Well, the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I encourage you to, to read this Bible. Begin to get a Bible that you understand. If, if you're um, a person that maybe doesn't understand the King James very well, find a version. There are literally hundreds of Bible versions out there that are good, and I encourage you to get one of those. We'll help you. If, you. if you don't have a Bible or you have a Bible that you don't understand, come see us at the church. We will give you a Bible, okay? We want to make sure that you have God's Word. Um, this week, this is another one of the series that I'm doing where it's just a one-off message. And I've just been praying about what God wants me to deliver every week. As most of you know, I don't usually work that way. I like to be four to six weeks out. But it's been fun lately just to sit and pray and say, All right, God, this week, what do you want me to talk about? And I had a number of conversations this week with people that are facing various challenges in their life. And I kind of heard this question. I read between the lines of some of the comments. And I heard this question, and the question was this. Pastor, why do bad things happen to good people? 
Why do bad things happen to good people? If you talk to people that are not Christians, that don't believe in God, many times if you're talking to them, one of the comments they'll make, if God is so good, if God is real, then why do bad things happen in the world? Why is there war? Why do babies die in abortions? Why, why do all these different things, why, why, why did my parents get divorced when I was a kid? Why did this, that? I mean, there are all these reasons. And if God is good, and if God is omniscient, if God can do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to, then why did this happen to me? Why did this happen in my life? That's a legitimate question. As Christians, and some of you got really uncomfortable when I asked this question. And the reason you get uncomfortable is because as Christians on this side, many of us feel that way. God, why did this happen? But we feel like we're being irreverent to feel that way. We feel like as Christians it's not okay to feel that way. And I want you to know that's not true. That's not true. And I'm going to show you in the Word today what God has to say about it. So I think you're going to get a a lot out of it. So are you ready to learn something this morning? Are you ready? All right, well, if you're a visitor today, I would like to thank you for coming. We do have in the seat back in front of you, we've got a visitor card. And if you fill that out, we will not stalk you. We are not one of those churches that stalks people. But we do want to know if you have any prayer requests or things going on in your life. And and we're glad that you're here. If you're out of town or from out of town and you're here on vacation, we're glad you're here. Thanks for coming and visiting our community. Um, Here's number one. Look at your notes today. Look in there on your notes, and look, number one on your notes, why do bad things happen, okay? Why do bad things happen? Here is number one of why bad things happen. Number one is we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. And you say, Pastor, what what does that mean? Well, if you go to your Bible and you open up to Genesis chapter 3, you realize God made the heavens and the earth, and then he created man and woman, and he put Adam and Eve in the garden, and everything was perfect. But what happened? Satan came along, tempted Adam and Eve. They made the wrong decision. And when they made the wrong decision, they allowed Satan to come into the world. And they basically gave him the keys to the planet. And so all the things that have happened in this world is is because we live in a world that Satan is allowed to, in in a great way, just run free in. And it's because of the decisions that were made back in the garden, back way back in the day, Adam and Eve made it. And I know many of us, you know, guys, we always get mad. Well, if Eve hadn't done that, it'd all be good. It's always the woman. Guess what, fellas? Adam was right there. You know, Adam was right there. And, and he could have said, hey, don't do that. He didn't have to eat that apple. Maybe he was scared of her cooking and didn't want to upset her. I don't know. But the reality is, Adam made the decision with Eve to disobey God. And so we can't blame it on either party. It was, it was everybody involved. But what happened is, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, God is holy. And because God is holy, sin entered the world. And so the reason, the main reason that bad things happen in this world is because Satan's running around making sure bad things happen. And he has that right to do that. But here's the second reason that bad things happen to good people. Sometimes we make bad decisions. We make bad decisions. Have you ever wondered why things weren't going well in your life and, and maybe you talk to somebody and, and, and you, you can't figure out what's going on? Well, let me tell you something. There's a law, there's a spiritual law, and it's called the law of reciprocity. Everybody say reciprocity. And here's what reciprocity means. It's a big college word, isn't it? What reciprocity means is you reap what you sow. 
You reap what you sow. How many farmers are here? Let me see my farmers. All right. Got chicken ranchers and farmers and everybody else. All right, here's the deal. If you plant potatoes, what are you going to get? Okay. If you plant corn, what are you going to get? If you plant wheat, if you plant cows, what are you going to get? Milk. <laughs> Somebody said milk. Come see me later. I'll explain that to you. Um, but the reality is that's a spiritual law. Everything produces after its own kind. And so what happens a lot of times in life, and I'll talk to people, and they'll say, Pastor, I don't understand. All these things are going on in my life. These bad things are going on in my life. And I'll sit down, and I'll talk to them. And I'll say, well, what do you mean? And they say, well, you know, um, I'm going out, and I'm partying on the weekend, and, and I'm having wrecks, and I don't understand. Or, or, Pastor, I'm doing, and basically what's going on is their sin is allowed to rule in some areas of their life, and then things don't go well, and then they're confused. And the reality is, for most of us, I can tell you for myself, 99% of the bad things that have happened in my life have been because of me, bad decisions. And for some of you that don't understand why maybe some things are going on bad in your life, it's kind of like taking this screwdriver and walking over to a wall outlet and sticking it in there. What's going to happen? Oh, me. My hair is going to go straight up even more than it is. And that's if everything goes okay. <laughs> but the reality is, that's how it is in our life. Sometimes we're making bad decisions on a continual basis, and we're confused why bad things happen to us. And it's because we're deceived. You're reaping what you're sowing. You're sowing bad seed, and you're reaping a bad harvest. It's really pretty simple, isn't it? It's really pretty simple. And so... For some of you that if you're sticking the, so the, the screwdriver into the socket and going, I don't know why I'm being shocked, maybe you need to look at what you're doing. Amen? Some of you are going, well, that seems a little harsh. Well, it's true. And so if you ever meet with me or somebody else, I'm going to talk to you about what's going on in your life because here's the deal. You may be doing some things in your life that you don't even realize they're, they're really bad sin that's messing you up because you're deceived. And you're making mistakes in your life, and the decisions you're making are leading you down a bad road. Amen? So we have to remember that there is the law of reciprocity. And here's the third thing. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, and God allows it. We go through difficult times to build our faith. And none of us like to hear that, do we? Does anybody like to hear that? But sometimes we go through difficult times in our life because that's when we get stronger. And, and I want you to hear this. If you don't hear anything else today, this is one of those statements I make. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. God does not make bad things happen to you. God does not cause sickness. God does not cause disease. God does not cause war. God does not cause problems to happen in your life. God does not do that. But sometimes... Because of decisions you made, because of the fact that we live in a fallen world and sin is out there, bad things are going to happen. And God may allow some of those bad things to happen to you, but it's for your own good. Now, I'm going to say this statement. Please hear me. God is willing to risk your being mad at him to do what is best for you. How many of you have children or grandchildren? Do you give them everything they want? Do you? 
I mean, I remember as like a five or a six-year-old, I've always been an army gun kind of guy. I've always wanted army guns. I'm sure on one of my Christmas lists at five or six years old, dear mom and dad, I would like a machine gun for Christmas. Anybody else do that as a kid? Dear God, dear mom and dad, I would like an army tank for Christmas. I mean, think about some of the things in your life that maybe you've asked for that you want, and God says no, and the reason God says no is because you will kill yourself. Have you ever seen the movie Christmas Story where the kid asked for the BB guns? What does everybody tell him? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. We give you a Daisy Red Rider, you'll shoot your eye out. What does he do? Almost shoots his eye out, doesn't he? But a lot of times the reason these situations happen in our life, God will allow those situations to happen, and it's for our own good. And I want you to understand something. Just like your parents loved you and didn't give you a machine gun, sometimes God allows things happen in our life to help us grow. And that's hard to hear. You mean, Pastor, when these situations happen and they're coming in, you need to understand that sometimes God is allowing that through those filters through the filter of his protection for your own good. He's not causing it, but he's allowing it. Does that make sense to you today? And I want you to understand, when these things happen to you, here's, here's your response. God, why, what is the purpose? What is the purpose of this in my life? God, what are you trying to work out in me when these things happen to me? Well, let me ask you this. Now, those things answer that. The hard question, now, it's pretty simple to understand for most of us that, hey, if I, if I plant bad seed and I reap a bad harvest, well, I can understand why some things are happening to me, right? That makes sense to most of us, right? This means yes, this means no. Come on, help me out. Thank you. We all understand. But what about the situations that happen where there's innocence involved? What about abortion? What about war? What about the son or daughter that goes off to war and doesn't come home? What about the child that's killed in a car wreck? What about a parent lost? What about the really, I'm talking about the really hard questions. What about then? How do we handle that? Well, here's what you do when you're facing these situations. This is very important. Here's the first thing that you need to do. The first thing that you need to do is this. Be honest with God about how you feel. Be honest with God about how you feel. Let me explain something to you today. God is not scared of your feelings, and he's not scared of your questions. You know, if you look at the Psalms, how many of you like to read Psalms? Read the Psalms. I love to read the Psalms, and, and I love our Bible because the thing that's so, one of the things that's so beautiful about our Bible is God doesn't pull any punches. It's all in here, good, bad, and ugly. It's not glossed over. It's there in its reality and the brutality sometimes of our life in this fallen world that we live in. It's all in this book. And I love reading the Psalms because David sometimes pours his heart out to God. God, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't get it. Lord, I look around and all my enemies are around me. My, the kingdom's rising up around me. All these different kingdoms are attacking me. He's just laying out his heart before God. And here's what is so encouraging to me. David is being honest with God and sharing his heart with God. And the Bible tells us that David is a man after God's own heart. And you know what that tells me, folks, that encourages me today? Is I can tell God exactly how I feel and he's not going to get mad at me. Because here's the truth. 
He knows how you feel anyway. And there is hope here. When I wrote these notes down, I want you to understand, I studied this this week. Because this is a big question. This is one of those messages that I don't necessarily like to tell or, or give to you. Because this is hard. Because we all have to deal with people in situations in our life that are, how do we deal with them? What do we do? How do we tell a friend? How do we comfort a friend? How do we do these things? What do I do when these situations happen to me? And and yet I go to the Word and it's just right here for me. And God says, tell me how you feel. Just be honest with me. And I believe one of the reasons that David was a man after God's own heart is because God knew exactly what David was thinking. David could be honest with God and instead of burying his feelings, he laid them out there for God. And they worked through them together. Isn't that amazing? Who else in the Bible did that? Well, we talked about it last week. When Jesus was going to the cross, he didn't want to go. And he told God exactly how he felt. Isn't that amazing? When the reality of the cross was there before Jesus, he said, Father, if there's any other way this can work, please please take this cup from me. I don't want to have to do this. And then Jesus turns right around. He said, but you know, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus is showing us a huge point right there. When these situations happen to us, what do we do? The way we respond is how Jesus did. God, you know, if there's another way, if there's another situation, take this cup from me. But if not, not my will, but yours. And Jesus threw himself into the arms of his father. And that's my last point this morning. What you need to do is surrender to God in your specific situation. Is surrender to God in this specific situation. Isaiah 55, 9 says this, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts, my ways, higher than your thoughts or your ways. Sometimes things happen and we only see this much of the picture and God sees the whole thing. God sees the whole thing. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Here's the point. Wisdom is not the ability to see things from God's point of view. It is the ability to trust God when we can't see things. When we really get down to the point where we don't understand, this is where we have to dive into our faith and we look at our Bible, we look at our word, we look at the things that God says in his word and we have to learn to cast our cares on God even when we don't understand. And I want you to understand something, folks. When these things happen in our life, When the hard questions come, you have a decision to make. Are you going to run to God or are you going to run away from God? And the reality is we have to surrender to God in our specific situations. And I'll tell you why. Because I have seen in my own life and most of you have seen in your life that God is good. Have things happened to me that I don't understand? Even some things that maybe I didn't deserve? Sure. But you know what I've learned? That God is good. And he is faithful. And I have to trust the fact that when these things come into my life, when these challenges come into my life, that they're there to make me stronger. The Bible tells us that. That when those challenges come, they're there to work patience in us. And to build character in us. And to make us the people that we want to be. 
And I'll tell you the truth. As a business guy growing up in business, there are many books that have been written. And many of these books that are written are on the failure stories of businesses. Because the reality is we learn most of the time more from our failures than we do our successes. Because we can study our failures and realize what we did wrong and make corrections from those. But a lot of times when we're successful, we assume the wrong thing. You know, I loved uh, watching, how many, any golfers in here? You remember the fat phrase a few years ago when Tiger Woods was playing golf, they were like, you're the man. You know, that's what they said, you're the man. And a lot of times when we're winning, that's kind of what we're saying. We're going, I'm the man. And we think it's all about us. Has anybody ever felt that way? I'm the man or I'm the woman. If you're a woman, don't say I'm the man because that's just weird. <laughs> but a lot of times when things go well in our life, we're so quick to pat ourselves on the back like we did something. And the reality is God used our gifts, he used our, our abilities, and he did some things in our life. But it was his blessing. But we're really quick when we're successful to pat ourselves on the back. But I tell you what, when things start to go bad, we're faster to run to him. And he even tells us in the Old Testament, when I bless you, when I bless you financially, when I bless you with health, when I bless your farm and your land and I prosper you in every area of your life. And you know what God says? Don't forget me. Because our tendency as people is to forget him when things are going well and run to him when things aren't going well. We have to learn not to do that. I lied to you. I have one more point. Letter C. A better question today might be, why does God allow good things to happen to bad people? Why does God allow good things to happen to bad people? I want you to understand something, and this is a little hard for most of us to wrap our minds around, but God is holy. No sin can live in his presence. It's kind of, he's kind of like the sun in this respect. Anything that gets too close to the sun is going to get burned up by the heat of it. And God is so holy that sin cannot come into his presence. Amen? And so we have to understand, it's, it's amazing to me that God can bless us, even though sometimes many of us are not exactly wonderful people. And yet his grace, that amazing grace reaches down to us. Romans 5.8 declares, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. On your worst day, on your worst day, God loved you so much that Jesus died for you. That is an amazing thing. And so we turn that situation around where it's not why, does, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? Why did God reach down and look at Chris in the midst of my sin and all my stupidity and my rebellion and God reached down and touched me where I was? It certainly wasn't because I'm wonderful. It's just because he loved me. Does anybody relate to that? That is an amazing miracle. Romans 6, 23 says, If we receive Jesus as our Lord, we'll be forgiven and promised an eternal home. You see the scriptures there. Romans 8, 8, 1, What we deserve is hell and suffering, but what we are given is eternal life because of our faith in Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. This guy named Dr. Peter Crave said this, When it comes to suffering, God does not try to get himself off the hook. Jesus is God on the hook. God loved us so much. There's wisdom for you, and Jesus knows, and he cares, and he's been there, and he came out on the other side of suffering so that he could help us do the same. Pray that God would help us as we go through things. The bottom line to me is this. There are things that happen in life that I simply do not understand. There are things that happen that I don't understand. I don't understand why some people go to heaven early and some don't. There are questions that I don't get. There are questions that I have. But I probably never will in this life understand those things. But I do know that God is good. And I've seen his goodness. I've experienced his mercy and his grace. And I've seen his faithfulness when I did not deserve it. And at the end of the day, instead of doubting God's goodness, our reaction should be to trust him. When those challenges come, we run to the cross. Say, God, help me. And I want you to understand something today, folks. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you should have died? Anybody? You know, I've been there many, many times because I've done some pretty crazy stuff. Kids, put your hands over your ears during this part. I don't want you to get any ideas. <laughs> but I've done some things in my life where I look back on them, I go, I shouldn't have made it. And I wish it would have just been once, but it was a lot of times. And I realized that God's grace and God's mercy were there with me. And I want you to think right now of all the times in your life where you didn't deserve out and God reached into your situation and he saved you. You know, it would be interesting. This is one of those things I wonder if we go to heaven, if we can ever watch like a DVD of our life. You know what I'm saying? And, and the Bible tells there's angels around us and God's mercy. And if we could just see all the different times in our life when the devil was trying to kill us or our own stupidity and God reached in and he saved us, wouldn't it be amazing to see that? I think my, my angels are probably on like a rotation schedule. You know, I can see one of them going back in all beat up and bruised. Woo! You know, oh, you got Chris, don't you? Yes, I do. You know, and here they are, you know. And, and, and it, it makes me wonder, you know, I bet it is, where there's things that go on in our life. You know, there are things in your life that God protects you from that you don't even know about. And I think the answer to all of these things, folks, is we have to surrender to him and trust him when we don't understand. Because you know what? That's faith. That's what real faith is. I'll tell you a story in John chapter 6, verse 60. One day Jesus was talking to a crowd and he was talking about communion. He was talking about his body. And he was saying to this crowd, these, these followers of Jesus, he was saying to them, you know, if you don't taste of my body and if you don't drink of my blood and he's teaching them this stuff, well, a lot of them started freaking out. They said, this is too hard for us. We don't get this. We don't understand this. For many of us, the, the cost of discipleship is too high here. And so they all started leaving. And the Bible says that many of them followed him no more. And Jesus, in one of those moments where uh, it sounds like his flesh was there and he was hurting. Because all these people that had followed him were now leaving. He turned around to his disciples. He turned around to the twelve. And he said to them, so are you guys going to leave me too? And this is what Peter said. Lord, 
Where else can we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. And then he goes on to say, because we believe that you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. You know what that tells me? That God came to rescue us in the midst of our sin and in the midst of our pain. He came to rescue us. He cares about our life. And even when we don't understand, we go to him and we say, Lord, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand why this situation has gotten hard. But I trust you. Help me. Tell him when you hurt. Tell him when you don't understand. He's bigger than your pain. Amen. Yeah. 
thank you today for your presence in this place and Lord I know sometimes we all have questions we go through challenges there are things that happen in our life that we don't understand Lord we've got this great book of promises and and the greatest promise you gave us is that you would never leave us or forsake us and even when we go through the valley of the shadow of death you're there with us And so, Father, even though we may not understand sometimes why we have to go through hard things, you've promised you'll be there. So, Lord, I pray today that as we take this time, we would each surrender. Let's all put our hands on our hearts this morning. I want you all to repeat this after me today. Say, Jesus, today I need your help. There are things that happen to me and to others that I don't understand. But today, Lord, I surrender to you. I trust you. Rescue me. Amen. And if you're here today, maybe say, Pastor, I'm so glad I prayed that, but the reality is I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've never received him as my Savior. If that's you today, just slip your hand up. There's no embarrassment here. Everybody head bowed, eye closed. Amen. If you're here, amen. Or maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but you've walked away from God. You've, you've gone and done your own thing and, you, and you know, you've known Him in the past, but you realize that you need to be rescued. That this situation you're in is bigger than you and, and you feel like you're drowning today. Well, friend, there's good news for you. God loves you so much that Jesus died for you And he came to rescue you. Jesus said it was for freedom that I came to set you free. So if you're here today and you're a believer but you've walked away and today you want to rededicate your heart, today you need to come back to the cross. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. Or if you're here today and maybe you're facing some challenges right now, you don't understand what's going on. You've got situations that are hard. And you're a Christian, but you just need somebody to agree with you in prayer. You just need somebody to stand with you and help you carry the burden. Look, we're a family here. And if that's you, amen. If that's you, just come down to the front. If, I invite, if you raised your hand for any of those things, I just want to invite you to come down. And if you're, in the, if you're not one of those people, let's just pray for those that are coming. Amen. We're just going to take a few minutes. Let's do that. You can remain standing or seated either way. This is an important time for folks. You can just come down to the altar. Amen.
Can anybody, can everybody hear me? Um, I don't do this very often because I don't like talking in front of people, but I really feel that God is giving you guys an opportunity today to choose life. It is very important. I, it's so strong on me that there's somebody in here today that needs to make that choice. You're going to either choose life or death, and when you don't choose, you're choosing death. So just... Just let God deal with you. And if God is dealing with you to come to this altar today, you need to be here and choose life. With all creation I sing 
praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. And I 
Peace.
says that is the anointing that breaks the yoke and there are some of us some people who have gone through things for many years in your life things that you've tried to give up many times with your own willpower and things that you've not been able to get free from and that's I believe the Lord is saying this to you to your heart if I'm speaking to you you know it you feel it right here and God wants to say this to you it's my anointing says God that breaks the yokes it's not your willpower it is mine and if you'll submit to God yield to God and here's what that means you just go to God and say God I can't do this I've tried I want to please you I want to do what's right but I can't do it in myself then God will say I know so he will come and he will help you do you see what I'm saying if that's you ask for prayer you know come up and lay those things down here and just tell the Lord I'm not gonna take this anymore I'm not gonna let this hurt my life I'm not gonna let this hurt the lives of people around me anymore I'm gonna submit it to you I give it to you and I know you'll help me so if that's you be bold be brave come forward and let us pray with you and just leave all those things at the altar and see if God will not release you from those things. Folks, this isn't about religion. It's about a relationship. And we serve a real God. And this is the good news. The good news is you don't have to carry that anymore. That's the good news. The good news is the pain that you've carried in the past the sin that you've caused, all the mistakes that you've made, the good news is you don't have to carry that anymore. It's not yours anymore. So let's tarry a few more minutes and pray for those that are up here. Amen. Amen.
and my chains are gone and I've been set free and my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood His mercy Amazing grace. Let's stand up, church. And my chains are gone, and I've been set free. And my God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy there are probably some here today that didn't come forward and maybe you're carrying that burden and you don't feel like you can God can meet you right where you are whatever the point of your need is wherever you are whatever the situation is he can help you and he can free you he is still in the miracle doing business isn't that good news he's still alive father I pray that you would bless those today as we get ready to exit today Lord, bless us as we go out there and be your hands and feet in our community. As we leave today, Lord, we pray that your anointing would continue in our lives, that you would move in every area of our lives. Lord, we thank you for your peace and your mercy that's over us. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's leave quietly today. There are those at the altars, so I'd appreciate you do that. If you want to come down to the altars, please do that.